You're listening to Postpartum Pieces, a sub-series of the Mummy Republic podcast, featuring educational conversations with professionals to help you get through postpartum life the best you can. Today's topic is midwife guidance postpartum. I'm joined by Director of Midwifery at Hatch Maternity, Lauren Williams. So Lauren, we know that the the first six weeks is really difficult for a mum because it's such a massive transition period. There's a lot going on. As a midwife, you have a checkup. Where do you even start that conversation? So I guess um, for the first six weeks, it's about preparing the mum throughout the pregnancy journey Mm -hmm. um, about what normal expectations are for Mm. this first six weeks Um, because everyone focuses on this one day in your life about how you're going to have your baby what choices you're going to make in terms of um, mode of birth Um, very few people focus on what is going to change in themselves their relationships and really what normal um, newborn behavior is all about Mm. Um, you know people Often friends will say to you, oh, you'll never sleep again or all those type of things. But we, we should surround yourself with positive people. If you understand um, why babies do what they do, then you'll feel a lot more in control in that first six weeks. Mm. So I guess becoming a parent, whether it's your first time, it, that's a massive transition. So Absolutely. Yep. There is a huge, not just becoming a mother, but it's also how you see yourself, your sense of self. Um, you may have been a full-time worker, um, love your job, can't contemplate, you know, being off for 12 months. So it's your sense of self. It's also your relationships, particularly with your partner, because obviously intimacy is a big thing. Some people like intimacy through pregnancy. Some can't wait to get be intimate again after having a baby and others just can't fathom that because mm. their body doesn't feel the same. Um, their breasts are possibly using f- to feed a baby. They're not, they're not feeling sexual. Mm. Um, also relationships with others so people are going to outweigh your expectation some people are going to disappoint you people that you think might be you know really really helpful are actually very negative and you just you, you don't have the brain capacity or the energy to deal with them during those times mm. so I guess it's really important just to focus on what is normal and the length of time of the transition. And most transitions will take around six weeks. Mm-hmm. But it's not just physical. So mothers are hormonal, social. For partners, it's often financial. So they're starting mm-hmm. to think, oh, now we're down to one income. And then it's a time for your first baby. It's a time of complete uncertainty because you've never done this before. So you're trying to um, learn a whole set of new skills or whilst trying to keep a human alive. Mm. Um, <laughs> and even if it is, even if it is your second baby or third baby, it's so easy to forget those things, yes. isn't it? Yes. But what you have with your second baby is the benefit of hindsight. Yes. So you go back to what worked for you last time. Mm. You filter out all the advice that you've been given from everybody else. So what you find with your first baby is people will come out of the woodwork and they will, from their heart, give you advice on on what to try. But it's what worked for them. Mm. And often if it's coming from mums, grandmas or older sisters, it's often outdated um, education. Uh, For example, a lot of people, so we're the first generation to kind of come from parents that were told to control cry. And so mums, grandmas will often say, don't spoil the baby, don't carry the baby all the time, put the baby down, needs to learn to to, um, be away from you. But we've got to remember that babies are primitive animals Mm. they're born with a set of um, neonatal reflexes basically to find food 
find shelter. Okay, so they need us, they need to be able to communicate and the only way to communicate is by crying. Um, there is four different cries to a baby and you have to learn those. You can't, yep. you have to learn on the job. You can't, yep. you can't be told what cry means what. And every baby is an individual. So we're all individual humans. We all have different temperaments. We all have different um, sleep requirements. So babies are no different. But if you're trying to compare your baby with a friend's baby, mm -hmm. that's when you can start to think something's wrong. Why is my baby waking and crying every two to three hours? Yeah. And that's because they do. <laughs> well, yeah. And then you, you get on the internet and you read about, oh, you know, I did this with my baby and it worked. And then you try that and it yep. doesn't work for you. And it is trial and error, but it is about picking up on those cues. Yes. What are the four different cries? Okay, so a baby will cry, obviously, for hunger. Mm -hmm. They'll cry for overstimulation. So you've got to remember, if you put yourself into baby's shoes, up until the point of birth, their existence has been dark, warm, one constant temperature, because our body is in equilibrium, stays between 36.5 to 37.5. So your, your body is warming the baby, it's dark, and they're listening to your heartbeat and your digestive noises. Then they come out, and we expect them to go to sleep in cold cots that don't move with no noise. <laughs> so while the mother is moving, even in her sleep, she's rocking the baby to sleep. Mm -hmm. So your, your baby's circadian rhythm, so we're all on rhythms. Your baby's circadian rhythm is um, based off the mum while it's inside there because of the hormones. And then it needs to start developing its own circadian rhythm once it comes out. Mm -hmm. But the little brain is um, immature, so the melatonin hormone, which is responsible for initiating sleep, it, um, is, in, is inconsistent, which is why babies will wake frequently through the night. And they also are programmed to have shorter sleep cycles. So often babies, some babies might be really um, content um, and, and sleep, you know, for, for five, six, seven hours. But that is the exception to the rule. That's, mm. that's not the normal expectation. So two to three hours, um, a baby will need a feed, mm -hmm. usually in the first six weeks. Once the baby starts to know night and day, which is not usually until about six to eight weeks, that's when you'll see the first sign that the baby is starting to develop its circadian rhythm because it will have a long stretch from um, the time you put the baby down to bed after, say, a bath. So it might go four to, f four to five hours. Mm -hmm. But they're designed to wake up at least twice in the night. So anyone that says their baby sleeps through the night, at age 10 weeks yep. <laughs> not saying that they're not lying but that's the exception to the rule yes. okay and yep. lucky you but please don't um all the new mums out there don't don't expect that yeah okay and without diminishing anybody who has been lucky enough to have a yes. baby that sleeps through the night that early it's generally because of that rhythm not because okay well, i've put them into a routine or i've done xyz correct, correct? so yep. Yes, there's lots of books and, and people that will um, direct you to how you can develop a routine. For a newborn baby, they are really not listening to a routine. You, <laughs> yep. you can have, you can develop, um, I, I really don't like the word routine. I prefer sort of ritual. So mm -hmm. if you think about us as adults, we all do the same thing at nighttime. We tend to come home, we eat dinner at the same time, we have showers at the same time, we watch the same TV programs and we tend to have the same bedtime. So that is comforting to everyone in the household. If you can, can try and bring your baby into um, a bedtime ritual, so bath the baby at the same time, feed the baby at the same time, say exactly the same thing when you put the baby to bed, dress Bubby in the same feeling blanket or swaddle suit that you only use at night and not during the day, mm -hmm. 
have the baby out with you during the day where it's light and loud and noisy and then at night time low light low noise then over that six to eight weeks baby it's like training a puppy if you're consistent with three or four things your baby will feel reassured that bed is a safe place to be yeah it's about setting up reassurance it's not about training your baby into something because your baby's not crying for for manipulation your baby is trying to tell you what it needs so overstimulation um, cry is when the baby is learning everything around the world so every single day it's hearing dogs bark smelling perfume feeling wind feeling rain all of these things that it didn't hear or feel inside mum and so the brain has to bank that information so every single day your baby will get what we call a witching hour. You just need to expect it. <laughs> and it's more than an hour and toddlers get it. I mean, I think we all get it. Yeah. But yeah. Um, it's very obvious in babies and toddlers. Um, so when the baby knows night and day, it'll be somewhere between four to six or five to seven. Mm-hmm. Until your baby knows night and day, it will be anywhere in, in their 24-hour period. So often I see new parents going, um, when I say, when is the baby really fussy? And they said, oh, you know, from 10 till 2 in the morning. Well, that's a sign that your baby doesn't know night and day yet. Mm. Okay, So things that you can do to help with that is just um, tag team. So if you've been inside all day, go outside, change the vibe. So when you're holding a baby that's been crying and relentlessly crying and you don't know what to do, it's best for someone else to take over so that the baby feels a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Okay, So um, hunger, overstimulation they've got a pain okay so either wind in their bellies and that is completely normal too we throw this word um, colic and reflux and things around way too much Um, babies have immature digestive systems they are going to get wind they are going to get pain until that microbiome or the gut health builds up Um, they will get wind Mm -hmm. and some more than others how, how do you um, differentiate between, okay, this is just wind or perhaps it is colic or reflux? You know, at what point do you go, all right, maybe it is something yeah. more? Look, um, colic's reflux needs to be diagnosed by a doctor. Mm-hmm. So it's usually around the time that you're taking your baby back to your pediatrician or your GP. Um, signs of true reflux don't usually come out until about five or six weeks. They right. often have um, mucusy poos. Um, they scream and then vomit um, because it's burning. It's not just a little deposit of milk. Mm. Um, it's usually an incomplete feed that yep. they're, th- they're yep. throwing up. Um, so I, I tend to try and tell um, parents not to look for something that's wrong. Just think rare things are rare, common things are common. Yep. Um, don't Google. <laughs> oh, I love that advice. <laughs> Please don't Google. <laughs> yep. um, because you will find anything you want to know. Exactly. Um, yeah. But you, yeah, go back to your pediatrician, go to your GP. Because mm-hmm. yes, I don't want to underestimate that there are babies that have reflux and colic. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but it's not as prevalent as everyone would like to think it is. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. As soon as we see something that's, I guess, doesn't feel right or the baby's yep. upset or doesn't meet the standards of oh, my perfectly sleeping baby, we Google and then all of a sudden say, oh, my baby's got reflux or it's got colic. Yep. We're very quick to jump to a diagnosis yes um so it's good to understand that you know that's normal and perhaps maybe there is something but yeah don't jump to that conclusion exactly and look there is so much available to mums now there's apps we just live in a tech age so there's Mm. um feeding apps there's things that you can peg onto your baby to help them breathing there's videos there's you know there's so much available but um 
if that type of tech is making you anxious, you mm. shouldn't use it. If yeah. it's disempowering your instincts, then you shouldn't, okay? Because if you've got a real problem with, with um, something that the baby's doing, you should go seek advice and for someone that is in that area. Professional so, yeah. advice, yeah. Um, so I guess um, they're the main reasons that a baby will cry um, and they have different types of cries. So um, very soon within sort of six to eight weeks, a mum and a dad will realise what cry means what. Mm. Um, but please don't think that... Um, crying is a form of manipulation um babies need a lot of attention a lot of attention in that first six weeks Mm -hmm. and they just want to be on you because as i said to you before used to hearing your heartbeat used to feeling your rise and fall of your chest um used to your warmth so that's Mm -hmm. where they feel secure and that's where your baby wants to be so it's really important that you don't feel guilty about cuddling your baby (laughs) yes yeah and and look a lot of babies do feel most comfortable sleeping on your chest and I think mums first time mums in particular feel really guilty and go I'm ruining the baby I'm spoiling the baby and they're never going to be able to sleep anywhere else and it's just not true is it no so you you can never spoil a baby and this period of time is so short Mm. and you will regret it yes you (laughs) you will (laughs) you will regret not cuddling that baby 20 hours out of 24 yeah if you are too strict on I'm gonna spoil the baby they actually don't have the mental capacity no to no cause and effect until they're around about five months which means they can't make bad habits Mm. your baby is just telling you what it needs and some are more clingy than others it's also really important that some mums know that just because you've been waiting for this baby and you think it's going to be this amazing experience for some women it's not some women Mm. the bond grows for men the bond grows um it's not instantaneous either often the they know that it's a baby they know they have to protect it um but it's kind of on the par with the cat or the dog yeah yeah mums it's hormonally linked and usually you will feel that click but it's okay if you don't um Mm. feel that straight away so that cuddling your baby and having skin to skin and will um build those bonds Mm. um so i think that's really important just to throw out to your audience that if you're feeling that you don't love this stage in the first three weeks that that is completely normal Mm. um three weeks is a tough week so this is when babies kind of wake up to the world they also have a developmental leap and they have um, a growth spurt so you might if you're breastfeeding you might have gone you know three hourly for feeds and now all of of a sudden your baby wants to feed off you every hour hour and a half that's a good sign that you're not running out of milk your baby's having a growth spurt so often when I see people at three weeks people go oh I just couldn't keep up with my baby I think my milk supply so it's about understanding those things before mm. getting to the six-week mark, understanding babies' developmental milestones, that they have different growth spurts. Um, over time, they will extend their sleep. But every you know few weeks, few months, your baby needs more milk, obviously. Mm. So how the baby gets milk is supply-demand. So if you feed more often, then you're going to um, get the milk. If you're bottle-fed, still going to be the same so your baby will down and down a bottle and then want some more so mm. it's just understanding that you're not running out of milk that babies will feed at different patterns you can't have a strict routine um, because they need to be have the flexibility to tell you what they need yeah 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 and even if you did have a routine in inverted commas up until that point it will change and it will shift and then yep. sometimes they might go back to that pattern 100 um, percent 
Yeah. How do you, let's say there is a concern around, I don't feel like I've got enough milk. You know, you're feeding all the time, but it doesn't seem to be satisfying the baby. Would you then engage a lactation consultant? Yeah, 100%. Um, lots, if you had to care through a midwife, you should still be getting some appointments with um, your midwife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can see you up to the end of the sixth week. Uh, so you can make an appointment with your midwife. Lots of obstetricians work with midwives as well. Hospitals will um, have sort of lactation consultants that you may be able to see as outpatients. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of um, private lactation consultants as well, um, private midwife groups that um, offer home visiting. So there is a lot out there. You just need to know where to look. Yes. Um, I guess first and foremost, it's about understanding the physiology of why of how to get milk that supply demand and what babies will do mm-hmm. um, before you quickly just jump to say I don't have any milk yes okay so yep. um, if you truly don't have any milk and that's usually when and I'm not go- I I will never tell a parent how to parent I just think whatever works for the family unit is the right way to parent mm-hmm. um, if you want to introduce a bottle things like that um, often what I find now is that mums are wanting the dads to bond with the baby by giving a bottle Mm -hmm. and that's completely fine um but it's probably not the best one to do in the middle of the night because mums will mums will make the most amount of milk at night time so your prolactin levels are the highest at night so your breasts are going to wake you up yeah then you have to kind of elbow your partner and then um you have to get up and get the bottle ready and things now you're both up but you to keep the milk, you actually have to express that milk off. Mm. So yes, you can have a, a bottle for a bonding, but it's probably the better to give it for to go to bed rather than in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if there are some medications, there's some herbal things if you think your uh, milk is um, declining, but the best thing to try is just have a couple of days at home. No interruptions. Mm. Don't fill your day with visitors and appointments. Just be at home. Have you, let your baby have you whenever the baby is looking like it wants. Um, drink plenty of water, eat good nutritious food, and then in the next day or two you'll feel quite heavy. Mm-hmm. Okay, But obviously if your baby's losing weight, so how you um, know your baby is getting enough. We get obsessed by meals in today's society. You know, mm, we want absolutely, to, we do. Yep. We, we like, well, if you're breast, breastfeeding, how do you know how much the baby's getting? Well, we don't, mm. and, and it's not. We don't need to know unless your baby was losing weight. Mm-hmm. So how you know your baby is um, getting enough, the baby is weeing and pooing. So output equals eat input and putting on weight. Mm-hmm. Okay, So a minimum amount of weight for a newborn baby at that stage within that six weeks would be a minimum would be 150 grams per week. Okay. Okay. Um, bottle fed babies, well, you know how much they're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, never force feed a bottle fed baby if they look like they've had enough um, because you'll just see it see the rest of it so yep. <laughs> which just, is not ideal yeah, yeah. so um I guess it's trusting your instincts that your baby yep. knows when your baby's hungry and will um so with breastfed baby they um, control the milk so they have nutritive sucking people would have taught you that in hospital so when you see the ears wiggling and the jaw moving and you can hear the sucks that's nutritive sucking when the baby sort of just gumming you a bit like a dummy that's non-nutritive sucking so that's comfort sucking and babies are comfort suckers yep. so they will suck on it if it's in their mouth <laughs> yep, yep. um so you can detach you know some babies will drain a breast within um five 
10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Other babies are really slow and fall asleep after 15 minutes and then you have to wake them up and then burp and feed. So that's common in the first three weeks and then the baby will start to get a bit more efficient at draining the breast. Yes. Okay? But yep. with bottle feed, they don't need to control it. It just goes into their mouth and they can, they can feed really quickly mm-hmm. and that's why you must um, have a break so that burp in between, change a nappy, let the baby digest a little bit and then see if um, bub needs some more because they will just finish whatever's in the in the bottle. Yep. Yep. I think yeah. that's some really good advice. Yeah. But particularly also around if they're putting on weight, if they're weeing and they're pooing, that's all you need to actually be concerned about because it is a transition period for both mum yep. and baby. And as a final point, um, I guess is there any general advice that you want to give to mums or new mums in particular? Um, new mums, I think I've been banging on it about it a lot, is just don't be afraid to trust your instincts. Yes. Um, I can't say that enough. Um, you can read a book if you want to, but really don't let it take away from what you feel is right for you and your baby. Mm-hmm. Babies are pretty hard to break. Yes. Okay? Yeah, They're they really are. hard to break. So take the time, be really um, protective of that four to six week oxytocin bubble is what you know midwives will often say you're on a high but there's so much learning to do Mm. Um, and you've just got to give yourself that time the other thing is please don't pretend so we live in this instagram world Mm -hmm. where everything is you know everything has to be immaculate your hair has to be immaculate you have to have immaculate eyebrows your baby has to look dolled up every time your house has to be tidy that is not the way the world works and that is not the expectation on new mothers. The importance is prioritise sleep. Now that is easier said than done, but everyone says to you sleep when the baby sleeps. That's because they can sleep for 20 hours out of 24, but it's broken. Yeah. Mothers will stay in a state of arousal overnight, so you actually don't cycle your, deep, your um, light sleep and deep sleep overnight. You're hormonally linked to respond to your baby. So for, you, for the listeners that have had a new baby recently, you'll notice as soon as the baby beeps, you're wide awake. Yep. Yep. So yep. it's not even, you're just wide awake. It's because you're in that state of arousal. You're missing out on that replenishing sleep in that deep sleep. So it's so important that even if, you, if your baby goes down, you don't run around and pick up all the toys and hang out a load of washing and empty the dishwasher. You lie down and if you can get 15, 20 minutes... That is more important than housework. Yes, absolutely. If you do all of those jobs and then you go, oh, baby's still sleeping, and then you go to have a sleep, sure as anything, (laughs) as soon as you put your head down, baby will wake up. But that's how we can start to resent babies. So we should be resenting housework and not babies (laughs) and definitely asking for help. It is not a shame to ask sisters, friends, partners Mm. to hang out that washing. The last thing I want um, mums to remember is you may feel like, if you're breastfeeding particularly, you may feel like a milking cow. Mm. Um, You need to, don't outsource all the fun bits of a baby. So partners get a lot of the bathing and the walks and the cuddles when the baby's full. If a mum, all she does is feed and then doesn't have any of that other fun stuff Mm. then that will really affect how she feels about her newborn um, stage so she needs to still get in there and change nappies and bath and um, still still do some of those things that typically we say partners can bond with there is plenty of time to bond with this baby but really mothers and babies they just need each other 
at this point. So trust your instincts. I think that's the best advice I have ever heard. (laughs) There should be a bumper sticker for that, (laughs) for every time someone gives birth. Yes, yeah. It's it's just, you know, it's such an important time in a mother's life. It will transcend so many other memories. Mm. Um, So whether it's positive or negative, you just need to um, protect that time and arm yourself with education and your support network. Absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for joining me, Lauren. You have been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'll pop your details into the show notes as well, but thank you again. I really appreciate your advice. Thanks so much, Danny. Wow, there were so many nuggets of gold in this episode that I think it would take me another 25 minutes to debrief them all. But the key thing that I took away from the conversation with Lauren is to trust your instincts. Do not be disturbed by the outside noise and simply focus on what's best for you and your baby. I've popped all of her details into the show notes for a point of call. And if you haven't done so already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that you can join me next week as well. If you're on Instagram, head on over to at Mummy Republic Podcast for more information on the postpartum sub-series and the main podcast and the guests that are involved. Thank you so much for joining me and I look forward to speaking with you next time.